Hey friends, Casey here with Springs and Roots Podcast, Quarantine Edition, Volume 2. Linda and I are having a great conversation today about what it looks like to be a shepherd and to stand firm in the faith during a season of suffering. We are looking at 1 Peter chapter 5. It's a great conversation that has left me with lots to think about and things to chew on. So I hope that you will feel the same way. So here we go. friends. Welcome to Springs and Roots. I am with Miss Casey today and we are still enjoying our quarantine days as many of you might still be as well. Uh, We are recording online or actually I guess via Zoom and um, it's been interesting for us but the cool thing is is even as we've had challenges and being able to still get our message out there we've embraced them and and moved on and um, but we have got to hang out separately on the porch six feet apart (laughs) (laughs) to get to connect because um, we just feel like that's one of the most important things that we want to bring people is like, it's so important to have connection. And I know that in this time, it's been one of the things that everybody's been missing the most. So we just hope that you will be able to connect with our hearts um, as we dialogue today. Yeah, this podcast was born out of our conversations. So I think that that has been a vital link for us. Yeah to maintain and have Mm -hmm. something worth saying is to sit and have coffee, even if we're six feet apart. That's right. That's right. I bring my own cup. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but that's one of the things that I I have missed, you know, because we really haven't got to hang out as much, obviously, Um, just like everybody else. We've been just kind of hunkered down at home. But yesterday when we did get together um, six feet apart, you were sharing with me some of the stuff that the Lord's been highlighting to you. And that's, of course, what we want to talk about today, because we just feel like, you know, it's like the heartbeat of God. And like, you know, he has fresh words and he has things and yeah. and that he's saying to us. And I just, I loved what you were sharing that he was saying to you yesterday. And so we're just going to dive into that today. It really started with you, actually, because um, you, you had been talking a lot um, about how you're using this time to speak to your kids, um, about the Lord in different ways. You know, they're, they're not really, our, um, district isn't really requiring our kids to do school because school is almost out. So your kids are kind of like not doing school. So you are saying, we're going to do Bible study then. That's right. And, um, anyways, I have been kind of doing the same thing. Like, okay, we'll take advantage of this and kind of refocus a little bit what we're doing with our kids and in our home. And, so that kind of started it, just this idea of like, what does it look like to parent and shepherd our kids in the season? Mm-hmm. And then I came across this, um, I was doing a devotional and I, this verse just stood out to me and it was in the message. It's in first Peter and um, keep a firm grip on faith. The suffering won't last forever. And that just totally kind of gripped me. And I was like, that so applies to where we're at and what we're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went, of course, and opened my own Bible and dug deeper and read the whole passage. And it's just all about being a good shepherd in times of suffering. Yeah. And you were sharing with me, like even the context. So this is, this is Peter, he's, he's writing and the context of the church is like the church is scattered right now, which we are, you know, we're, we're scattered in the sense that we haven't been able to, you know, come together in person and that, um, that they're suffering. And so he, this is like, 
the perfect context for the church is scattered, you know, people are suffering. What is the Lord saying? And um, Peter just goes into this thing that he says to them, Peter, first uh, Peter five, two, he says, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Mm, yeah. Something, I think a broader conversation that we've been having too, is like, what does the church look like right now? And what's it going to look like going forward? And I think this kind of paints that picture of what we're mm-hmm. supposed to be doing and what it should look like of, um, you know, starting within your own walls and in your own community. And how do you shepherd those that are around you and, and, you know, who, who is under you? Who is your flock? What is your flock? What should you be doing? Yeah. And I think that the first, the first thing that comes to my mind, because I I think that when you talk about being a shepherd, a lot of people maybe don't think of themselves as a shepherd and that that's really the first area to like realize is that actually, you know, all of us men and women that we are all called to be shepherding someone, um, someone, some several people, or, you know, a lot of people, everybody's different on how many, but we all have, um, that call or that responsibility as believers that there should be somebody that, that we're shepherding, that we are, um, the, like, that we are looking out for, that we are wondering, hey, how's your soul doing? How are you doing? And I think that's one cool thing that I have really seen that's happened um, personally for me during this, you know, pandemic. You know, I get several texts like, hey, how are you doing? You know, and that was one of the first yeah. things that I did. Like, I just thought about even in the context of our neighborhood, who do I know personally that I actually, you know, have their texts in our neighborhood, whether I talk to them a lot or, or little, there's just somebody that I know. Like, hey, I just want to let you know, I'm here. If you need me, like, we're here. For me, it was like greater for the neighborhood because, you know, we're not supposed to go anywhere. So, but I know <laughs> I can stay in my neighborhood. <laughs> just that idea that we all do have a responsibility for other people. It does start in our home. And then I think, you know, as our faith is mature, it should extend outside of our home too. Yeah. I think there's a part of this too that seems right in my heart. Like, see, it's like sits in my spirit well. Um, the structure of what's happening. And I feel like maybe this is like what the Lord has intended all along. Like, you know, just this idea that, you know, we're hunkering down with our families and in our homes, but it's not so much the hunkering down part. It's putting the attention towards our families. And then the next step is what you're saying, our, our neighborhood, our neighbors, our community right around us. And I think, you know, if we've talked about this, I believe on either the live or last week, I can't remember which one it was, but just when, when you're doing that well, when you're loving your neighbor well, that it, it spreads and eventually that would eliminate the need for, you know, tons of missionaries and whatever, cause we're mm-hmm. just doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're being hands right. and feet of Jesus right where we are. And I think there's something about that that just sits really just feels right in my spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, like that idea of like taking ownership of that. Yeah. There there's people that I should be checking on that I should be, you know, encouraging in the Lord because it's not all of our pastor's job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> one man or one woman, you know, or five people, whatever, how many pastors you have, they, they can't do thousands, yeah. you know, but if everybody kind of takes their place in that realization that like, no, I'm I'm called to to shepherd people. Number one, my family, and then those that the Lord has put in my heart um, that maybe I live near or that I'm just near to their heart. And I love it how it says that you do it willingly, and it's kind of like that idea of like 
this isn't a burden to me. I'm willing, I'm willing to, you know, shepherd and to encourage and to, you know, just be there in whatever way you can. Because then it says, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. I love that idea of like, Jesus is the chief shepherd and we're like under shepherds. Yeah. And so really that's just what we're, what we're encouraged to do through, you know, all the new Testament is to be Christ-like. You know, yeah. Jesus really was a true shepherd. When you read the gospels, he constantly says things like, and he had compassion on them. He looked around and, you know, he once said that they're like ske- sheep scattered who have no shepherd. They're weary and, and, you know, he, he tells the disciples, you provide for them and you just all that stuff. Yeah. It's like when you just, I know we talked about that on one of our podcasts too. Like Jesus is so caring. He, he loves to care for people's souls, their physical needs, their mental, emotional needs, like everything. Well, and even as you're saying that, I'm thinking, you know, this isn't uh, a burdensome thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think shepherding the people that are around you. We're not talking about teaching, preaching. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about even hard tasks where I'm, I'm talking about like what you're saying, check in on your neighbor. Right. And when they're feeling down, like find a way to encourage them, be kind, go out of your way to be kind and be neighborly. I mean, I think it doesn't take a lot to shepherd. I don't, you know, when I think of a shepherd, I think of someone who is literally just leading well and the sheep are following. Mm -hmm. And so I think it really is just being true to who you are and who, what Christ has put in you in a way that sets an example of leadership and sets an example of what it looks like to be calm in a season of chaos, what it looks Mm -hmm. like to walk in peace when things are kind of uncertain. So I don't, we're not talking about a heavy burden, this Mm -hmm. idea of shepherding. No. Well, and if that's what he says right here, he says, but being examples to the flock. So you kind of nailed it, Casey. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love that you said that honestly, like being an example of even like how, how we've kind of weathered the storm for me, if I'm around somebody and they're like freaking out and they're like, ah, panicking and this and that, like, that's going to make me start to feel that way. And I don't necessarily want to feel that way, but I love being around somebody that is like, you know, just full of wisdom and, and that's what they're doing. And so we, we can be those people too, especially right now, like calling people yeah. to hope and comfort and yeah. trusting God. So yeah. Setting a tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think you said it in our pre-combo that like we're all in some way called to be shepherds. So what does that look like for someone who's younger? Well, I mean, this is something that I've always tried to get my kids to do, but honestly, they just haven't. (laughs) (laughs) But I should say two of my kids kind of have taken it on, but they're a little bit older. But I think for a younger person, it is. It's just looking for somebody who's coming up behind you that you can help along the way. Yeah. I would add to that, just speaking the truth, like being a voice of truth, like knowing truth enough so that when you're speaking into, you know, you're able to speak into a conversation and speak truth to whatever's being said, whatever that Mm -hmm. looks like. It's not a hard thing. It's not something that 
um, I think it does require wisdom, but I also think you walk in it and gain that Mm -hmm. wisdom by walking it out. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. And this verse, actually, this passage goes on to talk specifically to the young. It says that they, that um, in the same way, young men in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. And it goes on to talk about just being humble. That idea that, you know, even right now in the season that we're in, we're continually humbling ourselves before the Lord. I think we feel very humble and vulnerable right now anyways, mm-hmm. but there's still just a submission to those that are over us. And that goes for us too, because we're yes. shepherding our flock, but then we have people that are over us. And so it's just constantly just remembering. Um, I think for us right now, it probably looks like uh, listening to governmental authority, church yes. authority, like what's being said and how do we follow and how do we know when to, when to, when to obey when to submit. Mm-hmm. And then when, you know, there's kind of that fine line and we have to really lead, lead by example in that. Yeah. And again, I just love it that the context is that the church is scattered. People are suffering. And what, is, what does Peter say you should do? He was like, leaders should take their place. People should be shepherding others. And then younger people should be submissive um, and be clothed with humility. And then he says this verse, you know, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Um, therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. And it's just like, wow, that, that is kind of the answer, you know, like lead, lead who you should lead, humble yourself when, where you need to be humble, um, knowing that, you know, God will give us grace. And I love to think about that, that God gives grace to the humble because grace is like that manifest power of God's presence to be and to do anything that he's asked us to, to do. And also to believe what he said. And who doesn't need that right now? Exactly. I mean, I <laughs> especially, you know, I feel like even more so because we're just, we're, we're, you know, in a home all day long with our family. I feel like the, the grace is like <laughs> liquid gold right now. <laughs> and then, and then when we follow the next verse up, I love the next verse. I mean, it just sums it all up. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Well, yeah, when we humble ourselves, like it takes a humility to cast our cares upon God because that means I have to let go and realize I can't control everything. Yeah. And boy, that this season has made people realize, man, I can't control everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth, right? Man. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. I love that. And then the next verse, he says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And as we were kind of looking at that, I was thinking, isn't this interesting that he puts this, I don't know. What do you think about the order of all this, Casey? I'd love to hear your I was input. I was getting ready to say, it, he says, cast all your anxieties on him for I, for he cares for you. And mm-hmm. then literally the next line is, there's, there's an enemy who wants to devour you. Yes. Listen, like this is yeah. heavy. Cast yeah. your cares. He cares for you. And then there's an enemy and, and he is out for your life. God is a God of order and you see it even in his scripture. Well, and that's where I think too, right now, like just kind of, again, bringing it back to this time, there's probably some correlation there between casting your care upon God, because knowing that he cares for you. And then knowing that you have an adversary And the next verse says, resist him steadfast in the faith. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I feel like that is one thing. And I think both of our blogs that we've recently written have mentioned this. It's like, we have to um, 
be steadfast in the faith. Like that is the answer to resisting the adversary is we have to acknowledge that we have one and then we have to resist him. And how do we do that by standing steadfast in steadfast in our faith? You know, that just means like saying, I, I don't care what's happening in the world. Everything can be shaking, but God is still God. His word is still true. I am still his child. And he's all his promises to me are yes. And amen. He's going to be faithful. He's going to take care of me. Um, so like, to me, it's like, that's how we resist the very real adversary that we have is by being steadfast in our faith. So it's not a time to shake with the rest of the world. It's not a time to give into fear. It's a time to be steadfast in our faith. I think oftentimes we think about, you know, this idea of faith and works. And we think that, um, that works is like this big thing that we do that's, you know, people see or, or know about it's, it's serving the poor, it's serving the homeless. It's, it's you know, something yeah, visible. An outward. Yeah, yeah, right. right. And I think that I see in this, um, verse, this idea of work being just standing mm. firm. Yeah. It's not a passive waiting. It is an active stance in your faith. Stand firm in the faith is what my translation says. That is like, I feel the tension in that. I feel the, you know, muscles braced and ready. Like there is an active presence in that. And I think that we sometimes just make works such a big thing. And I think sometimes it is really just this active stance of standing firm. Exercising our faith. It's interesting how it says that because your adversary, the devil walks about like a roaring lion and that the, the lion, you know, in the natural that when he roars, he actually, his roar is meant to frighten his prey so that they become paralyzed. And so I feel like, you know, if we're not careful, the the roar is out there today, boy, loud and clear. But we're saying, no, we're not going to be paralyzed in fear. We're going to be active in our faith, you know, and that may... Can't, as can't be really outwardly working right now for, you know, a lot of people, it has to be that inward, you know, action of declaring our faith of, you know, just how we're, how we're being examples to others, like we talked about, but um, we just can't let that roar paralyze us. I feel like the church really needs to come out of this season stronger than we were before we went into the season, because that'll be the testimony that the world needs to see. And I think this goes back to cast all your anxieties on him yes. because that's part of that active stance of standing firm in the faith are when we lay our burdens at his feet, then we no longer have to focus on those. Cause when we focus on our fears, when we focus on our troubles, we're not, we're not aware of our enemy. We're focused on what's wrong with us. We're not thinking that we have, we're not, we're not realizing we're like sitting ducks, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So it really is a laying your burdens down so you can stand firm in faith and be aware of the enemy that's out there and move forward in your life without fear, without focusing on the wrong things, but without, with focusing on the right things. Yeah. So the last verse says, but may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. So this is what I I just really feel like declaring like over all of us, like this is what God wants to do um, after we have come through this time is that he wants to um, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle us. And I thought, wow, isn't that such a 
by flip the flipping of the switch, now everything is so unsettled. We still don't really know what the future is going to look like, but we can come out of this settled. And then when I look that up in the Greek, um, the word means to, to lay the foundation, but I love looking it up and seeing where it's used in other places. And it's the same word used in Matthew 7 when Jesus describes what a person looks like whose life is built on the rock. It says when the winds come and when the waves come and the flood comes, that that person will not um, be shaken for their life was settled or founded it's the same one on the rock it's so good i love that i love that idea of being settled i love that i think my uh, version uses different words than those four words but i like those four Mm -hmm. specifically because of that establish strengthen settle like just and and you said like you were you're talking about even perfect like that's the idea of like repairing something making it what it ought to be i love that i love that this in this season we can rest in that we're casting Mm -hmm. all our anxieties on him we're standing firm in the faith we're taking an active role to shepherd the people that are around us and be submissive to the people that are over us and look Mm. what happens yeah perfecting us he's establishing us he's strengthening us and he's settling us and who doesn't need those four things in their lives right now i just amen i love it yeah i i mean i it's just it really is super encouraging to me and this is what people need to hear because again it's like that roar of the lion tries to paralyze us but we have to constantly go to the word we have to constantly go to know this this the word of god is living it's active you know it's for us and I just loved it. Like when we sat down yesterday and you just started sharing all this with me, I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I just feel like I want to just kind of do a quick prayer declaration um, just because, you know, people, we need, we all need this yeah. right now um, in this season. And I feel like this is going to air perhaps when some of the nation is starting to open back up and that could look a little bit messy too. We don't really know how that's going to look. It's not quite here yet. So we just declare in the name of Jesus um, for everyone, Lord, who's listening, that you will perfect them, Lord, that you will mend in their hearts the places that need to be mended, that you will make things the way they ought to be, Lord, in their job situations, in their family situations. We ask that you would establish them, Lord, that you would strengthen them, Lord, and that you would settle them, that you would set their feet firmly upon you, God, and that that they would come out of this stronger than they went into this season, Lord, that they would believe for the greater things, God, that you said that we could have. And so we just, we bless people right now in the name of Jesus. Yeah, it's good. Settle us, Lord, establish (laughs) us and settle us. Those words, I'm going to be thinking about those. Yeah, me too. This is good. I keep going. Well, All right. We'll talk to you guys next time. Yep. We have to pass the gaming headphones back off to the children, I think. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I had a kid knocking at my door. <laughs> Where's my headphones, Mom? Where's my headphones, Mom? Hello. Gosh, he's Sorry, kids. Son. I know. Well, now right. I'm glad they have them. <laughs> I know, right? It's coming handy. <laughs> we'll take a picture of what we look like in them, guys. We'll post it for oh, you. I know. We so should. Enjoy it. <laughs> I did. I snapped one. I snuck one earlier. You did? Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, take care, everybody. We'll talk again soon. Bye.